protest song, Phil Oaks once wrote, is a song that's so specific, you cannot mistake it for bullshit. Now, I'm not one to ever disagree with Phil Oaks, and though I can't say that Phil Oaks would have ever claimed to be someone who would never disagree with me, by the way, I do not feel confident about this sentence, but I do feel confident he would agree with me that the song I'm about to play for you is more than a protest song. It's a fight song. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. of Everclear, a band which features my guest today on the program, Art Alexakis. Let me tell you a little bit about Everclear and Art Alexakis. All right, so putting it simply, the LA-born Art Alexakis is one of the most dynamic frontmen in rock and roll. His songs have power and sting. To date, his band Everclear, which got started in 91, have put out nearly 15 fabulous albums, including Sparkle and Fade, so much for the afterglow. Welcome to the Drama Club and 2015's Black is the New Black. Growing up, Alex Sakis was weaned on everything from punk rock to Elvis Costello, and his songs, as a result, have a kind of dynamic sheen that have intensity and immediacy. In fact, it's hard to think of another songwriter whose songs pounce the way Art Alex Sakis's do. Everclear have played all over the world, sold a few million records, been nominated for a Grammy, won Billboard's Modern Rock Band of the Year, tour with the Foo Fighters and Stone Temple Pilots, had their songs in movies like Romeo and Juliet and Rockstar, played for the U.S. troops in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, Hawaii, Abu Dhabi, and Iraq, and the list goes on and on and on. The Everclear resume is a several-page affair. Alex Sakis has acted, produced, run his own label, hosted a radio show on Sirius XM, testified before Congress, and now he's on our program. And we're lucky to have him. So here we go. Me and Art Alexakis of Everclear having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. I'd just gotten back from the UK like three days earlier and I had gotten COVID 
when I was over there and I just missed one show and I, I kicked it in four days with no medication, which is, um, you know, I think a testament to the vaccines because I was all vaxxed up. Um, but uh, I was still really tired. So I cooked, ate, and then passed out. <laughs> but, you know, that's what that's what men do, right? That's what I mean, we're, we're of the same age, Art. That kind of sounds, COVID or not, that's what we do. That's kind of what we do. How old are, how old are you? I'm uh, uh, 52. 52? I'm a little older than you. I'm six. A little older, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So what was your Thanksgiving? I'm sorry. Oh, thanks, man. Thank. It was great. It's um, you know, I realize now that like at our age, I think gratitude is something that I actually, when we say we're thankful, we really mean it now. Really mean it. Yeah, yeah. Especially with my sobriety and having MS and all that other stuff. You know, I uh, I'm grateful for just everything good, man. And the older you get, the more you appreciate that the things that you took for granted are pretty good. You know, yeah. those, those things, just, just being able to get up and walk around every day and not be in pain. And, and I get to play guitar in a rock and roll band. How cool is that? That's yeah, 60. That's... No, one saw the, no one fucking saw that coming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure you saw that coming. No, 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 absolutely not. I thought I'd be done at 40, you know, 40, 50. I mean, I started a little late. I started at 30. I got signed when I was 30. Not started, but I mean, you know, with with a motor behind you, which is what a record label is. I was 30 when I got signed to Capitol and um, or 32, 32 rather. And uh, so I figured... I figured I had like 10 years, you know? Yeah. Still doing it. Still making Here you fun. are. Still having fun. A survivor. Um, yeah. And also I think that the, you know, the notion of, I mean, time's a weird thing where you think like there's a lot more miles in the rear view mirror than there are in the <laughs> front. So, you know. And that's true. And especially true for me, I have a degenerative disease. I mean, it's not going to kill me, but, you know, it's going to shorten my life. And I've learned that it's not about quantity, man. It's about quality. And I just want to enjoy it. If I can, if I can have this life and have it morph in a way as I get older, and it sounds pretty awesome. I mean, with the MS, the COVID must have been like a scary cocktail to think about. Yes, it was. So. When I first got COVID, I got COVID in um, technically I got COVID the first time in January of 21 when the vaccines were out, but no one had them except if you were an octogenarian, right? If you're in your 80s or 70s, you could get it. And I had people offer it to me because of who I am, but I didn't want to jump line. You know, I was like, I've got MS. When they start giving it to people with diseases, in, you know, in about three, four weeks, I'll get it then. Well, then I got COVID and it put me in the hospital for three weeks. And then I was home in bed for another two months. And uh, it progressed my MS. It gave me three new lesions on my brain and spine. It was devastating. So 
Um, I've, I've been a big fan of the vaccines and uh, I didn't get the brand new vaccine. I got, I got the last booster in May or June and I was going to get the new one, but I didn't get around to it before I went to the UK and I got COVID there. But I was, I, I felt bad for about a day and a half, broke my fever. Um, and then two days after I broke my fever, I tested clean. Mm. Four days. Four days. Four days. And a large part of that is because I'm on a different medication for my MS. Most MS medication is what they call immunosuppressant. So it suppresses your immune system um, to keep your immune system from trying to kill you, which is what MS is. And um, that's what I was on in 2021. And they put me on a new one uh, that I started a year ago. And uh, it's an immune moderator. So what it does is it blocks the white blood cells and the T cells that carry that message of, of destruction from getting into my brain and my, my spine. So it allows my immune system to heal itself because that's what your immune system does. Is mm. it, you know, it fights infection and it repairs. And uh, I think because of that, my immune system's nice and tough and strong. And that's why I could whip it. That with the vaccines, you know, that's why yeah. I, I could whip it so quick. So I'm just, I'm really blessed, man. I'm just, I'm just glad. I'm, you know, I was tired when I came home, but other than that, you know, when you get older, don't you like a nap? Naps are great. <laughs> Naps are like my favorite thing yeah. in the world. Don't smoke crack. Take a nap. Don't throw a rock through my window and try to sell my guitars. Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that I find that the nap sometimes isn't even a conscious choice. You just kind of like fall asleep where you are. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, with the MS, that, that the fatigue and the fatigue from uh, jet lag coming back from the UK It'd be like, I'd be like, hey, man, this is great. Awesome, 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 man. And like, if I eat something, man, I need to, it's like, I'm trying to, like, I got narcolepsy or something. I got to find the couch before I fall down on the ground. I was shopping at Trader Joe's and, uh, and I was talking to someone there. I'm like, I can feel it coming on. I got to (laughs) go. Well, did you get your whole list? Nope. But I don't care. I gotta go home. I just sat in the car for like 15 minutes, just like I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna take the edge off this nap. I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna have the whole nap. I'm gonna take the edge off it. Set alarm on my phone, drove home, finished the nap. Yeah. Do you remember um, River Phoenix in my own private Idaho where he's he has the narcolepsy and he just yeah, falls asleep? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, it's like that, uh, but older. Um and not as pretty. <laughs> no, no. For those who don't know, when you were saying that you had the first time around with COVID, that the lesions had had appeared, is that something that that you can that does eventually heal, or what happens when that when that happened? They never heal. I mean, they can. There there are cases of the lesions going away, but it's MS is incurable. It's not a fatal disease, but I'll die with it. Right. And uh, depending on my diet and the medication I'm on that 
that holds it from progressing. Mm. Um, that's the main thing. Is I just it, it's there's no medication that's going to make it go away or make me feel better. They're working on it, but it hasn't come out yet. And um, so basically, I need to exercise, eat right, not eat, not not have sugar or inflammatory stuff. No drugs, no alcohol, which I'm clean and sober anyway for 33 years. So, you know, um, and uh, hopefully my my prognosis is good that I can live into my 70s or 80s. Mm. And, and that's my goal. I want to I want to I want to hit 80 and not be in a wheelchair. You know, if I can do that, I don't care if I have to start walking with a cane. My walking isn't great. I'm in physical therapy. Um, but. You know, I do what I have to do. Um, I go hiking. I hate hiking, but I love being with my wife. So mm. she's young and pretty. And so I say she's 40. She's in her 40s, but she's younger than me. And uh, we we go hiking and with our dogs. And, you know, it's good for everybody. And it's good for me to be out moving my body and doing stuff. So I don't see... I don't see me ever succumbing. I don't have I don't have those vicious attacks that people have. I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, COVID was the worst because I started having more uh, more MS type you know relapses, and during during the fact when I had COVID and having both at the same time in the hospital was rough. That's rough. And the uh, MS diagnosis came down. When when did that come down? 2016. I was I was driving my car to go pick up my daughter, and it had been raining. And people in LA don't know how to drive in the rain. And uh, someone was parked, like double parked, on a busy street. As I was coming around a bend, and I put my I slammed on my brakes. And if my brakes would have caught, I would have been fine. But it they just went all the way down. Because they got wet. It wasn't the car. It wasn't a malfunction. It was just an act of God thing. Went in the back of the car, 40 miles an hour. No one got hurt. Um, two weeks later, I had a pinched nerve in my neck where it kind of twinge. And my um, my uh, doctor uh, just said, you know, go get an MRI. I'll set you up for an MRI. Come in. I'll see where it is. I'll give you a shot. You'll be fine. And Apparently, when they did the pathology for the MRI, it showed that I had lesions on my spine. And they had me do another MRI of my brain, and I had lesions on my brain as well. So they diagnosed me, and I went to two neurologists, did the full testing with spinal taps, all that cognitive stuff. It was sucked. But both of them came up with the same diagnosis, RRMS. And they both thought I had had it for over 20 years. That must have really surprised you to hear that. that. I mean, I could feel my balance and and cognitive stuff getting kind of weird and fatigue and just weird pains here and there. I thought I was just getting older and, you know, I I had lived. I thought it was the glorious results of a misspent youth. You know, I thought that I had, uh, you know, and I was like, I had a pretty good time, whatever, you know. But uh, no, 
it was it's a disease for some reason you know usually it's women overwhelmingly women as opposed to men and overwhelmingly fair people very light-skinned people from northern europe mm. are the majority of people that get ms and my mom is was that she was very pale but me i look more like my dad i'm i'm greek you know swarthy skin dark hair um but i got it what are you gonna do so self-care is the key to everclear enduring absolutely i think well for for our alex Sakis enduring and art alex Sakis, i i'm not talking about myself as the third person that's 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 the slippery slope right there <laughs> art alex Sakis is everclear no you know but it's my van so yeah my band to keep going and for me to keep wanting to do it and have that that uh, passion and that spark yeah i gotta take care of myself physically mentally emotionally spiritually um yeah all of it and i am ms aside and light and just thinking in terms of life was there ever a moment where you thought the spark wasn't there? Was there ever a crisis, like an artistic crisis? Well, a couple, you know, I've had, I've been through divorce. Um, I had serious back surgery about five, six years ago. Um, people in my life dying. Yeah, I've had those kind of moments, but I've never given up. I've never, I've never been to a place where I, I gave up. I thought about it when I was twelve or thirteen. I jumped off a, a pier when I was 12, after my brother died, my girlfriend died, I had an older girlfriend, and uh, she died from suicide when I was 12, about two months after my, my brother died from an overdose. Um, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to give it up. I'm still not. I'm tenacious. I'm a lot of things. But one thing I am is, man, once I latch on to an idea, I don't fucking let go. I just, um, that's me. I get it from my mom. She was tenacious, man. She wanted something and wanted you to do something. It was going to happen. <laughs> it was just going to happen. Just, you know, give in to the inevitable. <laughs> just enjoy it. Go, go along for the ride. And it's kind of like it is with me, man. If I've got my mind set on something, get out of my way. I think an iron will is underrated. It's underrated by people that don't have it. Right. Or, or or don't understand it. Who just don't understand well. Why can't you be more flexible? Because I'm not, you know? And as I'm older, I am flexible about almost everything. But there's some things I'm not about, you know? And going through the music business, that wasn't a very popular attitude with the powers that be. You know, they didn't like that. They're like, well, we want you to tell everybody you're, you, you're, uh, you're 25. Well, I'm 32. No, no. And I have the label president. Oh, well, look, guy, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, we're going to tell people you're 25. I go, no, you're not. I have total creative control it's in the contract. You're not going to. I go, look, look at it this way, guy. I do plenty of stuff to make me look like an asshole. I don't need any help from you. No help from you. I can do it all on my own. And I'm not lying about that. 
you know, the only thing I lied about was being unfaithful to all my wives. One of the reasons I was married so many times because I was a shitty husband because I cheated. And I've been with my fourth wife now for 18 years. I've never been unfaithful. Go figure. We're still married. <laughs> Funny how that works, mm. you know, which shows I can learn. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful, man. You know, that you were talking about gratitude. I'm just with my sobriety and everything. I'm just grateful for being able to have the life that I've had, the great things that have happened, even the mistakes, even the MS. I'm grateful for the MS because it's, it's showed me, it's taught me humility. It's taught me how to persevere even strong, harder than I thought I could to fight harder than I thought I could. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for COVID because so many good things came out of COVID. If I had a choice, no, I would rather it not happen, but um, it did happen. And I'm a practical realist. Like we all have to be, when you hit your fifties, man, it's just the, 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 the pretty, the pretty is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we fooling? Who are we fooling? Yeah. No, you're right. Like guys, right. my age, guys our age are like trying to pick up on 20-year-olds. I go, dude, you better have some fucking money, man. I, I mean, really? I've, I've sold 10 million records. I'm not even going to attempt that. <laughs> not that I want to because I'm very happy with the life I have. But it's, it's, it's that Peter Pan syndrome of not wanting to grow up. And I do want to grow up. I want to I retain that youthful exuberance which i still have i still feel like a kid you get me around another you get any guy around like four or five guys they turn we turn into 12 year olds right it's just it's stupid i mean i i a lot of my friends are like very accomplished people you know in the arts and sciences and have degrees and we still fucking laugh at fart jokes you know i mean it's just like when are you going to get over it? Never. Never. Yeah. <laughs> like, never. And and that's okay. It is. And if you're in your 50s and you think you don't want to feel old, don't go after 20 and 30-year-old women. No. No. It'll make you feel so wait, old. Wait till you take your shirt off and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Just Not a good move. Man, just, you know. Figure it out, man. <laughs> Just figure. It. I, I'm. I never want to go through that. I never want to go through dating. Oh my god, on uh, Tinder. I have no idea what that is. I know intellectually what it is, but people are like swiping back and forth, swipe to the left, swipe to the right. I don't know. You know what? I don't want to know. It has no place in my life. That means if I open myself to that, that means this all goes away. Mm-hmm. it's it's corrosive it's yeah it's stupid yeah it's stupid. yeah and it's okay it's, to do stupid things when you're in your 20s and 30s your 40s and 50s it's not a good look your 60s it's bad look yeah bad. we we don't have time for stupid anymore <laughs> not that kind of stupid not that kind of stupid um, stupid yeah, the good stupid's fun. I was thinking about how I think you and I were probably weaned on the same punk rock records and 
I was remembering in the Bay Area, I'd go into the record store in like 1982 or three, and there'd be punk albums with like, you know, Reagan's face on the cover and like, you know, whether it was Dead Kennedys or it was there, yeah, there they, was a, I was gonna say DKs, right? Yeah. Right. But you remember that record? It's like there's a there was a railing, like even the Ramones had that Bonzo goes to Bitburg song, and like there was a, a a kind of like the protest song, the way it emerged in punk rock was super cool. And Year of the Tiger made me think to myself, where have all the protest songs been in the last couple of years during the, the, the Trump presidency? Like I was aware of a kind of absence of that when I would have thought that would have activated that muscle in punk rock. People were afraid. Uh, A lot of the old crusty punk rockers have become Republicans. And, you know, I was thinking about this and talking to someone about this. Um, It's very easy to become partisan and to just think, well, if you're over there, and you're this, you know. I seriously think that guy, I don't know why or why people bought into it, because I've never bought into that guy, not even a little bit. Go back to the 80s. I thought he was bullshit then. Yeah. I got offered to do his his show several times. Nope. Not interested. Don't want to do it. And, um, you know, I just, but I feel there are people who latched on to the, the super negative thing of him, the racism, the, the you know, all that stuff. Um, but the majority of people just saw something else and they were swindled. And I, I honestly feel that. And I think people are finally seeing after this midterm election, man, you know, the, the the bloom is off the rose, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so we'll see where it goes from there. I'm just glad we held on to the Senate, and uh, but you're right. I uh, I I felt I feel like protest songs. I want to kind of. I don't want to make a record, but if I was going to make a record, it'd be all songs like "Year of the Tiger," just angry, lots of "fuck you," um, you know, lots of fun. Have you seen that? Did you see the uh, the video we did for it? Yeah, I did. Isn't that fun? It's really fun. Yeah, dude. Yeah, my, my buddy, my buddy Morley killed it on it. I told him what I wanted, and he's went fucking nuts. Just did it. Yeah, I changed it very little here. I had him put a little bit of the band in the lead section, so you knew who it was, and you know you could see Everclear, Everclear, Everclear. That's it. I I changed like three or four things and it was pretty perfect and every time i watch it it moves so quick it's but then i see something else that correlates with words or ideas and stuff like that and yeah i agree i i lament that as well that that why why aren't why aren't these why isn't there young voices pushing back it it, to me it was a noticeable absence i mean maybe green day's american idiot was 10 years too early, but that's the only one I can think of. I'm sure there are others, but no, it was perfect timing for, for George W. Yeah. No, yeah. It was perfect timing, which we thought was the end of the world. Then now yeah. we look pretty fucking good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we would have all traded, you know, oh. we make, you know, make that trade, even hip hop. I'm surprised that hip hop didn't even voice 
and maybe maybe it did, and I'm just not hearing the music, but I didn't hear a lot of the way we did in the 80s where it was like there was so much in terms of protest. Um, I was telling my friend about your new song, and I, and I started calling it a protest song. Then I realized, no, I think it's more of a fight song. It's a fight song. It's a fight song. It's a fight song. It's a bring it on fight song for sure. I mean, I I I look at myself as a, I was born in the year of the tiger, right? And I feel like the Democratic Party has got to shed the whole fucking donkey thing. You know, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. I don't care about the stubbornness. We're fucking tigers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather be a tiger than a donkey. And, and um, um, you know, I'm I'm progressive in some ways and more moderate in some ways. Um, I think the majority of people in this country are somewhere in the middle, a little left to center, a little right of center. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. The overwhelming majority, right? Absolutely. Um, and when we were there like this, we got shit done. You know, if you were, if the Republicans were in power, they had more, more than we had, but we had some voice in it. And then when we were in power, they, you know, swung the other way. But people could have dinner together. It wasn't this thing of like partisan hate. And I think people are really fatiguing on that. And uh, hopefully um, this mid, you know, midterm election was, was indicative of that, of people coming back. And it just seems like, you know, there's going to be new leadership for the Democrats. The Republicans seem pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to re- they have to reboot. They they need a reboot really bad. But at least they're talking about it. Two years ago, they weren't talking about it. You know, four years ago, they weren't talking about a reboot. You know, now they are, and so so hopefully, this can become this. Yeah, going be a this. Yeah, because in the old days, I remember Democrats and Republicans, you'd see pictures of them going out to lunch together. And now that's not happening at all. That's not happening. No. Dude, when someone someone says anything that's a little bit Trumpy, I'm like, I I got no time for you. And you know, I I I uh I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I have to fight against myself to just put that wall up because it doesn't mean they're bad people. Um, there are bad people on the right. Yeah. I don't know if they're, and the people on the right will go, well, there's bad people on the left. Not like that. I'm sorry. Not Nazis. We don't have Nazis. We don't, we don't have people like that. So I'm not going to go there. And uh, I don't think both parties are the same. I don't think, I've never thought that. If you look at the planks and look at the ideals. But that being said, I I know people who are really wonderful people, love their kids, are good to their community, but they skew that way. And hopefully, after the debacle of Trump, hopefully fades away. I think all of us can get back to being people again, and not red or blue. You know, just Americans and and adults. I'm holding my breath on that one, bro. No, I know, I know. 
found this in my at my age now i have found that the music i listen to i want stuff like year of the tiger i want loud propulsive fast i want velocity whereas when i was in high school and college i wanted like slow tragic nick drake songs about I love being, nick drake. yeah i know me too but i don't want to drive down uh the road listening to him anymore i want speed i want power are you finding with your music that do you have that same kind of feeling or, 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 I mean, you know, introspection's good. I, I, I like it all, man. You know, I, I mean, I really like a lot of the music I listen to. Um, newer music tends to be more Americana type stuff. Um, and I love that. But at the same time, I just, I mean, I hear songs in my head that I want to, uh, 
case in point, we're playing our last show on the UK tour. Um, it's in Glasgow. Great crowd. Always a great crowd for us. Um, you can hear them just like during the opening band, ever clear, ever clear. They were stoked. And backstage, my bass player, Freddie, breaks out um, a record he just bought that was just released. Cheap Trick, Live at the Whiskey, March of 1977. Whoa. Fucking on fire, dude. It's like, it's so punk rock and so melodic and so heavy and just badass. And we had just, I had just told the band that day that we were going to record uh, a show, which is actually day after tomorrow, um, Thursday the 1st, at the Whiskey A Go Go. We're going to record that show for a live album. And we went out and just killed that show because we were just so fired up by that music. And um, it's just great at our age that, that we can still feel that. I think I, I think what you're saying, I agree. I feel things more intensely now than I did 10 or 15 years ago. And I need more intensity. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, you know, my daughter, my 15 year old, she's really pretty and sweet and popular and nice. Um, but at the same time, she likes, man, she likes hardcore, um, this boy that's courting her, took her, him and his mom, took her to see Slipknot. She fucking loved it. And and uh, she loves Lamb of God. Who are wow. really nice. They're all really nice guys. They're great guys. But, you know, that's what they do. You know, I know a guy in Pantera who's just the greatest guy in the world. And he gets on stage and it's like, oh, you know, and, and <laughs> How wonderful to have that as an app, you know, as an outlet. But um, it's I I I like it all, man. I like it hard. I like it soft. I just like it good. It's got to be. Yeah. Good. I want it good. I'm with you. I had the Misfits on the other day, and I thought this still sounds amazing to me. Like '77 Misfits, like early. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, like that's the shit. Yeah, like Walk Among Us. Um, Walk Among Us. Yeah. Yeah, man. What happened to Glenn Danzig, man? That stuff was so cool. Even yeah. Sam Hain was kind of cool. It was okay. It was okay, but but the Danzig shit, the later hated it. Yeah, me too. I don't I don't know what that stuff was. It's like the everything I liked about him was kind of gone, but I love those misfit songs because I'm not even sure what they're really about, but just the speed and the catchiness of them, it's like it's just so great. And just it just ballsy just just you know just it, it, girls hated that stuff for a reason I mean, <laughs> that 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 was like that was pure just testosterone music man yeah I, I loved it i loved it you weren't going to meet girls at a misfit show um and if you did you sh- you know you might want to look she into probably it wasn't a girl <laughs> <laughs> might, not, might not have been a girl we I don't know surprised we don't know, but the but I would imagine like bands like you must have loved the Minutemen and the Descendants, right? You must have, have dug. That I love stuff. the I love that Bay Area stuff. The the Descendants, um, man, uh, enjoy. When I first heard that record in '85, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I love that. 
Um, yeah, Minutemen. I, I I really liked Double Nickels on the Dime mm. and uh, a Three Way Tie for Last. The earlier stuff it was a little too scattered for me, but I loved um, uh, Firehose, the first record. Yeah, yeah. that was really good. Um, I uh, my favorite my favorite band from uh, from that era was X. The first four albums of X. Man, are, it just doesn't get any better than that, even to this day. And I try to turn my daughter on to it, but she just doesn't get excited. It doesn't sound big, you know. It's all thin, and you know, it it it, it was a different time. It's yeah, a, it's a relic of a different age. It means something. It it speaks to her in a different language than what it speaks to us. You know. Yeah, and you're right about that. And like, I, I had X and the Gun Club on recently and those records don't sound dated to me at all no no they don't sex beat uh i was listening to that the other day it it came on 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 a shuffle in my car and i like listened to it like four times in a row (laughs) so good right um how's your songwriting are you pretty prolific these days Are, are the songs coming quickly are you what's your process like now i'm just not writing a lot Mm. Uh, uh i wrote tiger i'm working on another song uh i want to i want to do an, a new song like every six to eight months do a video for it um super serve our fan base um i don't feel like making a record you know uh that could change you know? yeah i i i know it could change but right now i just that doesn't sound fun to me um, I've written about 200 songs, uh, and I just, I write when I want to write when I feel the need to, and I'm not as prolific. I've, I've said a lot of what I need to say, you know, I don't, I, I think a lot of people keep writing songs when they should probably stop. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it becomes like you're making product at that point. I don't want to do that. I've never had any interest in doing that. I don't criticize other people for doing it. It's just not for me. Does it feel good to feel that way? Does it feel good to go, okay, this is where I'm at. And this, and this just feels right for me. I'm not going to force anything. Yeah. What? yeah. What a great luxury. I mean, when I was signed to a major level back in the day, we were on the treadmill, right? It was tour, write, record, tour, write record tour you know in the middle of a get a divorce here and there you know, that kind of thing but uh pretty much tour right record and and it was hard for me to get off that that revolving you know platform and uh now it's just like i write when i want to write and i'll record when i want to record and uh, other than that, we go out and we play Everclean music for people. We have more business than we've ever had. Um, we're making more money than we've ever had. Um, we're not rich, but all my guys, none of my guys that work for me um, in abandoned crew and um, have day jobs. You know, most of them own their houses. And um, what more can you ask for? Yeah. You have life. You have life. Yeah. 
you know, you make a decent living and uh, you got a family and a place to live. I'm, I'm pretty blessed, man. My sobriety, my, my, my just, my humility, my, my acceptance. It comes down to acceptance over expectations. I say this, I, I'm a life coach as well. And when I, I work with people in the, in, the, in the creative arts specifically, and I'm just like, you need to get to a place of acceptance over expectations. And when people take things personally, someone says something they don't like, they take it personally. You know, there's a time to take things personally, but most of the time it's not. That's how they feel. So what? Let it go. How do you feel? Mm. You're the king of you. You're the boss of you. Figure out what you want and do that. And don't worry about what other people think. And it's easy to say those words, but you you know as well as I do, it's it's harder when you're younger. You're you you act like you're iconoclastic and you you're you're an island. We weren't though. We were sometimes we were affected by others so not not by what they said, but what they didn't say, or not by what they did, but what they didn't do, you know. And us wondering, well, what does that mean, you know? And, and trying to make assumptions. I live pretty assumption free these days. Uh, me and my wife do. We talk about stuff, and she'll be like, "Yeah, I, I feel resentment." And I go, "Yeah, me too. I feel resentment towards those people. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Let it go, you know." Um, the, you know, the 12, I wish I could take the 12 step program and turn it into a life coaching thing for everybody to, to learn how to journal, how to do steps, how to, how to deal with character defects, how to deal with all this stuff, um, aside from the addiction and, and all that, um, no one's ever done it. I don't know why. It's a great idea. Kind of blows my mind that no one's ever done. Um, you know, it just, but it comes down to the whole thing is it works if you work it. You know, drunks always say that at the end of the, the serenity prayer. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. It's true. If you work it, it works. If you don't work it, it doesn't work. And it's like anything in life. If you're present and you're not taking things personally and you're accepting and listening and and uh being being not uh what was the words you know being uh reflective as opposed to being reactive you know your, your life's gonna be better <laughs> it, it's just gonna be better I tell that to everyone I work with. And when they start practicing it, they're like, why wasn't I doing this before? I go, I don't know, because you're an asshole. <laughs> We're all assholes. Yeah. Thanks. Now pay me. Uh, pay me. <laughs> you know, one of the things I have learned as I've gotten older is I've learned to say no, and which has been so empowering and so new for me. Because I yeah. used to always say yes, you know, and but you, I have nothing to base this off of art, but you strike me as a guy who early on you could say no. Like I, yes, yes, and no. 
Okay. Funny that you bring it up. Women have a really, really hard time with that one is, is saying no, you know, they're in, you, you talk, you talk to a lot of feminists, they're brought up to say yes, to be, to, 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 to not blow up, not get angry. Men get angry and women don't. And there's all that, but just for all of us. Yeah. Um, you know, we want, I think most people just want to get along. They want to be a part of something good, something bigger than themselves. And they just want to get along. Um, but there's a time when it's just like, I can't do that. And, and I was pretty good at saying no, but now I'm even better. And I, I, I talk about this when I play live. I'm just like, you know, do you, do you, do you know, does the name Marie Kondo mean anything to you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tidying, tidying things up. Yeah. But she's like, you know, if, if you touch it, you spend some time with something and it doesn't spark joy, get it out of your fucking life. Get rid of it. Don't worry about selling it. Just get rid of it. You don't need it. It's clutter. It's not something that makes your life better. And I'm like, that's just brilliant. That's just fucking brilliant. I don't want to do anything that doesn't give me joy. And you argue, well, what what do you got to clean your toilet? Does that give you joy? Having a clean toilet gives me joy. Having a clean house gives me joy. And I don't mind putting in the work to do it. But doing work that's going nowhere, working, uh, being in a relationship, a friendship, that or whatever that is going nowhere, that doesn't give me joy, I don't want it. I refuse it. What gives me joy? My family, my work, playing, just playing guitar. You know, I took it for granted for years. There was a time about 10 years ago when I was having a hard time emotionally. And my wife was like, I got to tell you something, baby. When you're playing live, you look like you're phoning it in. And that is the worst thing you could say to a punk rocker. It's just the worst. And she was right. And I was for a very short while. And I, I canceled some shows and I took a month off and just spent time at home and talking about it. And I came back and I was ready and I was into it. And I, I, I knew what I, I knew what I was doing. I was playing music for people that my music gave them joy and I was creating joy and that gave me joy. Right. Right. It's really not rocket science. I'm not a rocket scientist. (laughs) I'm not that smart. People think I'm so smart. No, I know some people. My wife's Menza. She's smart. I'm not that smart, but (laughs) I've got street smarts and I'm smart enough to know to not fuck up a good thing. If, If age and time has taught me anything, it's taught me that. When she made that comment, how did that initially land? Pissed me off. <laughs> I, I was defensive. No way. No fucking way. I don't phone shit in. What are you talking about? Okay. Watch a video of you. Yeah. And I watched video of me and my eyes look kind of dead. 
and I'd be on stage and I'd be thinking, oh, what are we going to eat after the show? I wonder where we're going to go. Mm. Yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. I, and I'm singing and playing. And I guess, and that this was like two or three months. I would call that my midlife crisis, you know? And uh, I'm sure a lot of people would say the fact that I'm married to a woman 20 years younger than me is a midlife crisis. <laughs> but we've been together for almost 20 years, so politely go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, but she was right. She's smarter than me. She's nicer than me. She sees things. She's a spiritual healer. She's real. It's real. It's not bullshit. What she does is real. And I've gotten to a point where I feel strong enough and secure enough in myself that I can accept other people and learn from other people. For a while, I couldn't. Too much arrogance, too much ego. You couldn't take a note. It would be like like an insult. Yeah. Unless everything I did was great, then I suck. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's that low self-esteem and I was an abused kid, you know, abandoned and all that shit that I've written about and stuff. But there's got to be a point where you confront all those demons and fucking let them go. And I actually let them go. And I'm getting much better at doing that. What was the source of the dead-eyed performances? Like, what was going on with you that you, where the passion was sort of on hold for a minute? Did you, did you figure that out? Yeah, just I wasn't happy in life. I, I I was it was expectations over over uh acceptance. You know? mm. I I just I was in a place where I I was transitioning from one part of my life to another part of my life and and I had an idea how it was supposed to be and it wasn't like that. And I think there was there was a lot of different things. And um Thank God I didn't do stupid shit like having affairs and stuff like that, which would have destroyed my my marriage like it did my other marriages. And um, I just, <clears throat> without going too much, reading too much into it, I think I was just at a place. But I'm not alone, man. I see bands doing it all the time. Yeah. I mean, the most unhappy people I know are really successful men. They're the most unhappy people I know. I don't know too many men who are rich and happy. Mm. You know, they're constantly talking about their new cars or about their hot young girlfriends or about, you know, going to this place and having this and, and you know. Tell me about you. What's going on with you? What's what's going on inside? And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and you see that fear in <laughs> Inside where? Yeah, because you're you're tapping on the glass. Yeah. I know you're in there. I know you're in there. And yeah, it's it's like I don't care. I'm I'm just my wife, my poor wife, she's like, what do I get you for Christmas? When you want something, you buy it. And I go, Yeah. <laughs> they I work for a living. Yeah, I do. Oh my god, during COVID, did you did you become one of those middle-aged guys that discovered Amazon, yeah, <laughs> COVID, and I couldn't yeah. sleep at night, but I'd be buying shit, and I had no money coming in, but I'd be buying shit. <laughs> what was the weirdest thing that showed up at your doorstep? Oh my god! Um, well, 
I don't know if they're weird, but it's a weird situation. So these shoes show up that are these very light black shoes and they're super light, super comfortable. And I love them, but I have no idea where they came from. I look back on my, on my computer, no record of buying them credit card, look through my credit cards, nothing. Where the fuck did they, they just showed up. I don't know. And they were the right size. Yeah. Perfect. I wear them every show. I love them. They're going to wear out. I want more of them. And I, I've gone online and I can't find this fucking brand anywhere. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I bought a lot of books and I bought a lot of, um, I started fixing things. I started getting really into projects and stuff. Um, I was never bored. I was never, I was never a, a bored guy at all. I was always pretty busy. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah. Had my pool, my pool had, I, I had my pool in my backyard. Swimming is good for me with the MS because I don't get overheated. And uh, I love to swim. And uh, I built a big ass pool in the backyard. <laughs> my wife's like, you didn't tell me it was going to be this big. I, I <laughs> would do it with 65 feet. Well, I didn't know 65 feet was, well, I go, that's on you. <laughs> you got, you got, a, you got a tape measure. You know how to use it. Anyway. <laughs> how deep is that pool, Art? Um, the deepest part is like eight feet, but yeah. you know, it, it's like, it's deep and then it, it curves up and then it has a, uh, she wanted a, a thing called the, what do you call it? Um, it's it's like six inches deep and you can put you know you put chairs in it and sit in like six inches of water and with your umbrella she likes that and then we have a hot tub on one end but on one end from i have 15 meters swimming from one end to the other um and uh that's pretty awesome and during COVID, i was doing it at least once a day if not twice wow now I'm I'm about three times a week. That's pretty good, though. It, it's good. Right now, I haven't gone enough this week because it's been kind of cold and rainy in LA. Mm-hmm. I'm a sissy. It's been it's been a, ooh, 65 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, where, do you, where do you live? I'm, I'm just outside of Berkeley and um, in this place called Walnut Creek, and we've been like, Creek. you know, Walnut Creek. Yeah, it gets cold out there. Yeah, Bart goes all the way up to. I right. To, I had a girlfriend out there. Uh, used to take Bart out there. Yeah, it's like we've been like 70 all week. The nights are getting cold, but the days have been great. Yeah, that's kind of how it's been. I think today it's like it's kind of being like early 70s. Hey, man, I really appreciate this conversation. I know we're at the lunch bell about right now, so uh, I'll let you go. But uh, thanks for taking the time. And it was really good talking to you. I'm going to go get some lunch, man. Good talking to you, brother. You too, pal. Hang tough, and we'll talk again. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.
there you go. Art Alexakis, great chat, great guy. Year of the Tiger is out now. Go get it. Everclearmusic.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with the band, where they're touring, what music's coming out, all that stuff. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Embers Podcast. Email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. My phone number is five. No, we don't do that. Okay. Producer saying no on the phone numbers. Bombshellradio.com will tell you all you need to know about how our radio station keeps on ticking. Uh, don't forget, Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, rate and review, and tell all your friends. Even if you think you don't like them that much anymore, tell them anyway, just for us. Let's close the show with a longer listen to the brand new Everclear single, Year of the Tiger. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Cheers.